Is this thing on? Cool. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Uncultured the Podcast. I'm your host, Kripa. Hit a little bit of color to your weeks. This week's guest is the one, the only, Rowie Singh. You know how they say, never meet your idol because you're just going to be disappointed? This is literally the opposite of that. This chat made me love her even more. We talk about the conflict of cultures that make us who we are, being an influencer with such a big platform, being a role model, and breaking boundaries for South Asians in general. What I loved about what she said was, we've been told what to do all our lives and what's worthwhile, so I'm creating my own worthwhile. Stick to the end to find out some juicy goss about Rowie's upcoming wedding, because our queen is engaged. Anyway, here's Rowie. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Can I just say, I love how your house is just a backdrop in itself. (laughs) I know. Well, I was like, it's when I moved out, I was like, I can control how every aspect of my home looks. And I'm like, that is the best part about being an adult living by yourself. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's fun. (laughs) I love your place. Well, thanks, Rowie, for for your time this morning. I'm really excited to chat with you. I'm excited to chat. There's some annoying noise outside my window and I apologize if the sound is just a bit funky. No worries. This is just a disclaimer to everyone. There is going to be construction noise at some points, but we're going to roll with it because Easy. life is unpredictable. I'm really excited to chat with you because you are like, you epitomize the conversations we want to be having on the podcast. Using parts of your culture and parts of your identity and really rolling with it, capitalizing on it and making a name for yourself without, I guess, necessarily having that opportunity available to us as easy Mm. as it is for like white people so I think rattling off some of your achievements you have 341,000 Instagram followers which is yeah unfathomable you've met Rihanna (laughs) that's like the most exciting thing you've been featured in Vogue I mean I could rattle on you're newly engaged and you have your own jewelry line I don't know I could keep going but you have just been such an inspiration for so many I think particularly brown women in Australia. Everyone knows you. Everyone is inspired by you, whether that's creative inspiration or or just kind of motivational inspiration. Yeah, well, what's the journey been like? It's been like, I've been doing this for a really long time. Now I've realized, like I was thinking about it, like someone asked me, when did you start your Instagram? And I'm like, I don't think I even started my Instagram. It was my personal account that sort of transformed into like a bigger platform. I've been doing this for so long, probably like officially since like 2017, 2018, but it's so a part of like who I am. Like I don't have to turn into a different version of myself anymore. Like this is so a part of like what I want to be, what I want to do. And it's just at the crux of it all. Like I get to be creative and I get to create my own rules. I get to be my own boss. I get to do all the things that brown women are told not to do, which I think is really, really cool. Like, yeah, we've all been sort of like scared off into doing something safe, Um, just being ethnic. Like it's like take the secure route. I think it's very much like your parents worked really hard to come to this country. So you need to do something like worthwhile. Um, But I think the whole 
you know, crux of what I do is that we're rewriting what is worthwhile because it's not what's worthwhile for my parents or for someone else. It's what's going to work for me. And I think that's where I've sort of been living. Like that's where I've sort of been at this past couple of years. I, I love that. I love the idea that you're kind of rewriting what's worthwhile. And I think that's um that's changing because it's, it is unprecedented that we have first gen or second gen migrant in terms of brown and asian um, migrants it's, it's very new so there's no rule book there's no there's nothing to tell us what is right and what's wrong and so i think it takes courage to pave that pathway and make it more acceptable to do things that we're not necessarily told to do have you kind of ever struggled with finding the balance between your Instagram being a brand versus being your you as a person? I think about this all the time. Actually, I've been thinking about it recently a lot because I've realized that I was looking at, actually, I was watching this really interesting YouTube video and it's like, there's like two different types of creators. Like you, there's one who lead with personality and they put themselves on the platform and there's one, there's people who put their work on the platform like their creativity and I kind of want to be somewhere in between because I I like being myself on my platform but I just don't want to give all that away because there's so much energy in being present I want to live a normal life like I want to have my own life with Rahul I want to have some sort of privacy like I don't have influence of friends like I have my own group of friends like I want to keep that sort of like normality going whilst also having a platform and so I think it's really important to protect your mental health because personally like I can't sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like I don't want to post shit (laughs) I don't want to post anything I'm not in the mood I just want to be internal um like not on my socials I just want to like have a break and I think like I can create that space for myself and I think my audience can respect that. So I like to sit somewhere in between being like a full-on like Emma Chamberlain, like, you know, vlogger where your whole life is on display versus being like, this is my art first and then like me second. So I, it's a, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I keep, I know that I'll probably have a bigger platform if I put my whole self out there. If I was vlogging every single minute of the day, if I was like you know, talking through my whole experience in detail. I just don't have the energy for that because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Say, and I yeah. think the the interesting thing is most people's downtime is social media, but social media mm. is your work. And so yeah. what becomes your downtime? And the that is being off social media. And it's a, it's exactly. a weird, uh, it's you're experiencing something that the majority of the public don't experience because that's the normality that's the standard Mm -hmm. and you're kind of veering from that because it's your work it's my work and um also because like Rahul is like so offline like he he hasn't posted on his socials since like 2016 and it's such a nice balance like he doesn't do social media I do social media so we meet somewhere in the middle where we both feel comfortable within each other's like presence and like when I'm just hanging out with him like I make a point to not be on my phone to disconnect and to enjoy my life outside of social media that's why I've like started up like new hobbies and stuff like outside of my phone mm-hmm. it's just really important I roller just skating. yeah roller skating is so much fun <laughs> It's so much fun. I also bought like, well, Rahul got like a canvas and and like easel for my birthday. So I want to like paint and be creative. That doesn't involve me having to post it each time. Like I don't have to like post my work and it for it to reach a certain standard. I just want to have fun. Yeah. So 
let's rewind to before yeah. your journey and before kind yeah. of where you're at now. What were your passions as a child? Did did anything indicate that you were going to go in this direction or were you a totally different person? I was like, as a child, I was like really dramatic. Like <laughs> I was very much like I was watching home videos um, recently and like my dad would be filming and and he'll be filming my brother and then I'd be off camera and I'd just be like, <laughs> were you the main character <laughs> I was the main character like I loved the attention like I loved being center of the camera and I'd be like ha ah, like so I felt like I wanted to be an actress for a little bit because I loved being like I like to put on a personality or put on a show um but I didn't have the like the confidence at that point of time to pursue that. It's funny. I did, like in high school, I ended up doing drama mm. and I did really well at it. And I like did it for year 12. And then I ended up doing a theater major at uni because I was like, I'm good at this. So I should pursue it. But then I was like, I don't know if I actually want to be an actress anymore. I wanted to sort of create my own creative space, which is what I ended up doing. But yeah, I was quite theatrical, like drama kid energy and then um it kind of tapered off a little bit like that personality kind of tapered off when I started to move overseas like I had to uproot my whole life because um my dad got a position in Connecticut for his job and then we moved to Singapore after that so I didn't really have the space to be like rowy because I was moving so much and it was easier for me to just be an adaptable version of myself to fit in to the next location mm. than to just be my whole self. It just was like, it felt like wasted energy. Like, why should I be my full self when I'm like, I have to make new friends again. I don't want to go through that trauma of having to, to I don't want to go through the trauma of being misplaced. So a lot of the time in my high school, like years or like growing up, I was like, let's just try and fit in. That'll just make your life so much easier. Yeah. So like the things that made me, me, like my creative inklings were suppressed a little bit because I was like don't worry about that right now like just fit in individuality and was like on the back burner 100% like what I really wanted to do but I, it was it was there though like in the back of my mind I remember sitting I remember having this moment like in year 10 sitting like in class and I was like are you fucking kidding me like it just hit me I was like what it, is this my life like it, what's the next step like okay cool. I get a job. I get a corporate job. I sit in a nine to five. It sounded so like mundane and monotonous to me. I was like, I can't, this cannot be my life. Like I know that there's something more for me. And I had that in the back of my mind, like very subtly, like that actual real version of myself was like trying to come out and be like, Hey, there's something more for you. And I think, um, as I gained confidence and like, as I sort of reconnected with like who I was post school in uni where I had the space to be myself and I wasn't trying to impress anyone I wasn't trying to fit in then it suddenly started to like make itself known again like that creative aspect that like loud personality that confidence started to come back in a different way through like makeup and art it was really cool so how did how did makeup first kind of come on your radar? How did you, um, how were you first interested in it and what kind of made you take off? It's interesting. I like never really cared about makeup. Like I wasn't, I didn't really wear a lot of makeup in high school and it wasn't like I'm passionate about makeup itself. I was passionate about what makeup 
can do like how makeup have this, has this like transformative ability to for you to like become someone else or become like a better version of yourself or to enhance it's not yeah I just thought it was really fascinating how you could like with a couple of brushes and some eyeshadow you're like wow mm. look at this version of myself I, th- I thought that was really cool I also went down the makeup route because I wanted to do like fashion and style like I definitely had an eye for that as well but I was just like it costs money to have a mm. wardrobe Whereas with makeup, you can have like one palette and create 50 looks. That's so true. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, like you needed to like if you want to have a wardrobe that like you you really really want, it's good. That's an investment. And I was like, yeah, there's only so many like permutations and combinations of like outfits you can put together before you run out. Exactly, and it just seemed a little bit wasteful, like. Being a, like, I really respect fashion bloggers because it actually takes so much effort and time, but like, you just need a massive closet. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this shit? Mm. So I wait, like I waited for my makeup to sort of take off and then I sort of brought style into it mm. um, later. But yeah, that's sort of where the, like the, the spark for makeup came from. I was just like, it's fun. Mm. And no one is like playing with makeup. Also, I just feel like when you go to like weddings and stuff, like when you go to like Indian weddings and you go to like any function, um, I was just enamored by like the looks that were served sometimes going to weddings, like the langas and the saris and the colors being pulled together. I'm like, that is so cool. And I'm, I love that part about being a brown woman I love that part yeah um because it's so beautiful and people overlook it they don't they don't see it and so I wanted to pull that into what I do I wanted to sort of like combine my culture and what I think is so sick about being an Indian woman with like modern aspects of makeup Yeah. yeah did you grow up with a lot of culture I grew up with like fragmented aspects of my culture Mm. so like I was like connected I was more connected to my culture like quite young when I was still in Sydney because I moved to Connecticut when I was like I think I was like seven um and I went to like Punjabi school and stuff like that like I felt like more of a connection then but as moving overseas I don't think my parents really instilled culture in my brother and I because we were in a different it was confusing for us we were Australian Indians living in a, in America, it, w- it became like really confusing. And I don't think my parents, like, I wish they did. They didn't put the effort in reminding us who we were like that, that just wasn't top of mind. I don't know why, like, I wish it was like, and my like parents, my dad, like my mom speaks Punjabi, but she will speak it like with my dad, but my dad won't respond back in Punjabi. Like he'll respond in English. Yeah. <laughs> So it was really hard for me to pick it up. <laughs> so, Sorry, just um, like I need a cough. I also need to cough. Cough sesh. <laughs> Being connected to my culture wasn't like a massive thing growing up until I came, yeah, until I sort of like came back. Do you think it's re- related to what you were talking about before when your parents as well might have been focused on assimilating in America and kind of latching onto the Australian part of your identity rather than the Indian part because it's harder. It's a lot easier to explain that you're from Australia than to be like, oh, especially like for my parents, my mom and dad were both born in Africa. Like my mom was born in Malawi. Oh, my gosh. My dad was born in Uganda. My mom has a British passport. She actually moved from Malawi to the UK, lived there for 18 years. So she's like British. 
with like with an Australian accent, but like born and raised in Africa and oh. but also Indian. Like it's confusing. You guys like, are literally of- international citizens. Yeah, pretty much. And like my dad also, like he when he moved from Uganda to Australia, like he was really young. So he like they were kicked out of the country because right. of the dictator that was there at the time. And then they moved um to Wollongong, which is like a stupid like Aussie-fied, yeah. like, white <laughs> area. So, like, he obviously was doing what he could do to fit in. Yeah. And that kind of, like, rubbed off onto us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, would, would you consider yourself um, South African Indian? No, not South African. Um, it, It's um just, Af- like, Ugandan. My parents refer to us as, like, African Indians because there's, like, a different style of brown because yeah. we grew up in that way. And also some of my, like, best friends are African Indians as well. So right. it's really interesting. That's so interesting. Do- does that influence your culture, like, your connection to culture differently? Like, is being African Indian very different from being from India? I think it kind of is. Not in, a, like, an overt way, but um, just, like, from, like, interacting with my friends were very similar it's in, like my best friend Sohan her parents also grew up in Uganda oh. and they were like friends with my dad and stuff so they were like in the same village in Uganda and they also moved to Australia so she's had a very similar experience to me and I'm like she's so similar to me for a reason so I think that do- I think like being African Indian does play into who I am whether I know it or not like it just even subtly like what aspects of your culture do you think that you held on to I know that it when you were moving around it was hard for you to necessarily uh bring it to the forefront but when you kind of settled at in uni and stuff what kind of mm. stuff did you relate to most I know you mentioned a lot of the makeup and style um, especially like Indian wedding mm. style and stuff like that what kind of other aspects did you relate to I think it was, I related to this completely new aspect of being like a mixed cultured person. It wasn't like I relate to being Australian more. I relate to being more brown. It was like, this is my new space that I've created for myself where I am an Australian and Indian woman and I relate in this space. This is a new space now. Mm. I think it was accepting the fact that I don't have to put myself, like I need to be like more Indian. I need to be more Australian. Like I was like, no, 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 this is who I am. This is how I was brought up. And suddenly I was meeting other people who had the exact same experience yeah. as me. So we got more comfortable to create our own space in between our cultures. So we were in between being Indian and Australian. This we this was our safe space. So it's a bigger space than we think. It's it's a lot of us. Oh, 100%. And it's like, it's not even just being Australian Indian. It's like American Indian, like British Indian, Canadian Indian. Like everyone has this little middle space that they're, yeah. they're sat in. And it's so relatable because like, you know, you've done your most, you've done the most you can do to fit in, in your like Western society, but also you're like clinging to aspects of your culture because that's what makes you you as well. And those are like the beautiful aspects that you can enjoy and share with other people like are you part of subtle curry traits yeah. like that it's that kind of thing where it's like it this like the memes in there are so relatable because it's like the typical brown experience right things that people in india wouldn't relate to or different parts of south asia exactly so this is the unique experience where we're like in between cultures yeah no that's so true and i think it's easy to say you know you need to be one or the other but i think that acceptance is a whole nother thing how did you kind of get to that level of acceptance was it were you always kind of accepting that you weren't you know one or the other it took a while because like especially when I 
created a platform for myself and people thought they had the right to comment on what I looked like and to put me in a box and be like, you know, your skin isn't brown enough to be Indian or like you Have shouldn't you like that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. She's not Indian. She's not Indian. Oh my God. <laughs> She's not a brown girl. Sorry. Yeah. So like that was really disorienting for me. Like when I was putting myself out there, because I think people were seeing like a brown woman not in the way that they thought brown women yeah. <laughs> looked like. And I was just like, no. <laughs> How did but that affect I, you? It didn't really. Like I genuinely, I don't think it really did because I was like, I've had a community of people who were like, nah, this is bullshit. Like I, people, I had a community of people, like my followers actually understood like my experience. And I think it was more just interesting to me to be like, wow, people really have such a one-dimensional view of culture. Like the it's people are seeing like one shade. <laughs> and I didn't really, I didn't really think about it in depth because I at that point and in time, maybe if I was younger, it would have shook me. But at that point in time, I was like a lot more secure in my identity. So I was happy in this new space that I've created. So nothing really faced me. Like you didn't have to, no one could come in and tell me I'm not Indian. And I would be like, oh, you're right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I've already created this space for myself and I'm happy. So you can say what you want to me, but (laughs) don't worry. Have you always kind of responded to hate not being phased by it? Um, Like I don't typically get a lot of hate, which Mm. is, I don't, if, if I get hate, it's just like, people you can just tell people are angry for no reason like you can just you can kind of like sniff it out like they're just pissed off or they are projecting and you can I can sense that really really well um but if someone had some real bone to pick with me I would listen to them because if they someone wanted to tell me something that I was doing wrong and I needed to be more aware of like that is on me to be accountable for if my actions are hurting other people but that's not really hate that's just like constructive criticism but like hate comments are just literally that. It's just like hate. Like how how do you respond to hate? Mm. <laughs> you don't. Usually <laughs> from like, burner accounts with like no profile picture and um, oh, always <laughs> like no profile picture, zero followers, zero following, and people are just like speaking shit to you. And it's like I feel so sorry for you. Yeah, <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> I know that you were inspired by a lot of parts of Indian culture to inform the way that you express yourself how do you firstly how do you use makeup to express yourself and secondly how does your culture come into the way that you express yourself yeah I think with like the what what I do is that like not all my looks are strictly brown they're not like full cultural looks it just depends on where I want to pull it in where it makes sense but I'm just I have a really like interesting relationship to color in general like I just I feel like and I don't want to sound too airy fairy but I feel like I have a very different relationship to color than the average person because I can see combinations and shapes if I close my eyes I can visualize looks really really well Mm. which is so like I don't think that's yeah, it's interesting. Like even if I close my eyes before bed, I could see a whole painting really in front of me. And if I like jot down like the essence of that painting when I close my eyes, like that sometimes is the basis of a whole look. So, so when you close I, your eyes, can you see color? Yeah, like intensely, like shapes moving. Like I can see like the way that yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I can see colors interacting, and it makes it like sparks something in me. Like I'm like, Ooh, this 
this feels right. Like it's like, the, uh, it's like the wires my brain are connecting when I see those colors. And I'm like, this could be a look, but I'm just so inspired by my surroundings. Have you seen that TikTok? It tells you to kind of think of something and it discerns whether you think in color or you think like. It's like think of a purple apple or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like. Yes. And Some people cannot visualize the purple apple. Because I they can't. Don't... No Yeah, way. I think in black and white. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And I don't think in shapes either. Like I took a long time to figure this out. I, I think in concepts and feelings, it's really weird. Like, it's more like if I'm thinking of a purple apple, it's more like the emotion I would feel eating that apple or like, like it's, it's, it's weird. It's so different, which is why I'm so interested in what you were saying, because I just can't fathom no matter how hard I try. And I've tried, I can't think of colors this is so interesting like I, this is so interesting like I I need to like look this up um I sometimes I like because I don't have a nine-to-five job and I need to stay learning I just look random shit up and I look at like color psychology and like there's one thing I was looking up it was like color synchronicity so like I see repetitive colors in my day-to-day like one week I'll just be seeing so much pink and it's not that the pink is appearing. It's more that I'm I'm noticing the pink more. So my brain is like pink, 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 pink. And then all of a sudden that will inform a whole look of like this week I'm doing a pink look. My looks are informed by my surroundings. It's informed by my experiences, informed by my mind. And I just fuse those all together. And that spits out yeah. <laughs> some color crazy look. I, yeah, I wonder it's, if that's something that you're born with or something that developed as you started getting more into makeup I think it would have been a little bit of both like I think I've always been an I'm a visual learner without a doubt I'm an intensely visual learner like I can't sit still a little bit but I yeah I can see that's fucking annoying I can't okay, do I'll, we'll do a disclaimer we'll just be like just enjoy some background music <laughs> enjoy some background noise <laughs> yeah I see colors in a like really interesting way and that informs my content I'm trying to think of an example like if I go into my notes section, yeah, I have like a list of like 50 things and it'll just be like rainbow pastel nose blend out. Like it'll just be like keywords and I'll be like, okay, I know I want what I want to do there. Or like, like I literally was eating a splice the other day and I was like, ooh, I love like the colors of the splice. We should do splice inspired makeup for like summer. That would be So cool. it's just, yeah, it's like little things that I can just pull from my like experience environment combined with my experiences of being a brown woman because sometimes I'm like okay like I yeah I don't know if I see like a really bold colorful concept I'm like I can tie my culture into here because it feels right and like I feel and if I feel more confident like pulling in my culture then I'm going to do it what does it do for you when you bring your culture into your makeup it's just really empowering to, to because again, I'm a visual learner. So when I, when I can see my culture, when I can physically see myself embracing my culture, I feel like there's like a, a little bit closer to who I am as like an Australian Indian woman. Like I feel like a bit more of a connection to who I am because I can see it like this is, and it's just so beautiful to me. Like I just love, I think just like the embellishments and adorning myself and like you know, Trudia, like jewels and like our outfits. I just feel like a confident, like powerful 
badass brown woman. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be that deep. I just feel more confident. I just feel more powerful. And I'm like, that's sick in itself. And that's why it's an achievement in itself in a white Australia to feel confident and powerful in yes. ethnic clothes. Exactly. Something that like I, I remember like at my formal, my mum wanted to wear a sari and I was like, no, don't. It's so embarrassing. Like now. <laughs> yeah, it became a trend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the other thing that is so um, unique about your platform is that your audience isn't primarily South Asian. It's not exclusively a South Asian platform. And so it's one good thing about it is that you have the opportunity to, your reach extends beyond like an echo chamber and you're able to kind of be empowered in your culture and display that to people who aren't familiar with it. Totally. And I think it's like if I can change, not change the mind, but I guess just like present myself to like South Asian people and beyond Mm. as like a confident, like badass brown woman, like that will just like the perception of like our culture just has this like flow on effect. Like it'll ripple on to like other communities. Yeah. And I think you don't even have to be brown to, to embrace like your identity like I have white people being like I feel more like confident because of you because I'm like expressing myself through color more like I feel more confident to like just wear whatever the hell I want so like it it's the same core message you have kind of come to this point of security in feeling your own space um of being Indian and being Australian has it always been that way and today are there still moments of insecurity where you question whether you feel Indian enough or whether you feel Australian enough? Yeah, I think like it hasn't always been there. Like it hasn't, I haven't always felt secure in this like middle culture between like being Australian Indian because I didn't really know where to sit. So I was just confused, honestly, and I didn't really have a strong identity to be like, oh, I feel a certain way. Mm. Um it's been really strong up until wedding planning because now I'm like, I, there's so much I don't know about like traditional Indian weddings and I want to have, I want to be able to honor my culture, but also have like a modern version and, and of like an Indian wedding, because that's what Rahul and I are. Like we are a modern version of tradition. So it's like, Oh, I'm like learning so much. There's so much I don't know about my own culture. And I'm like, damn I wish I knew more and like I just I want to learn Punjabi um properly you know like there's some I was never taught Punjabi properly and I'm like I feel not ashamed but I'm like fuck why don't I know that mm. and I'm it's ever say it's not my fault but I'm like I can do something about it now so I want to take those steps and I think I it will yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah but it's also a learning process like I'm le- I'm figuring it out still yeah I think everyone there's some aspect of their life, whether it's culture related or it's just something identity related and everyone has not insecurity, but something that can be, can make you feel more validated in your identity, if that yeah. makes sense. And I know it's it's a really common thing to feel invalidated in your identity because you can't speak the language. Like it's really common that people feel that they're not because you can't speak the language doesn't mean you're any less of an Indian and it's hard to kind of feel that and really believe that. Oh, I struggle with that all the time. Like I, if I go back to India, like Rahul and I were planning to go back to India, I would feel like a tourist. Like I would be so out of depth 
and that that feeling kind of sucks like I don't want to feel like that I don't want to feel like that because this is like should be home but it's not Mm. and then I come back to Australia this should be home but it's also not Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like what where is like where is the place yeah so it it is it's always going to be a constant struggle because well when I go to India like so I can speak Tamil it's because it's I'm the eldest and my sisters both can't speak it. My parents just gave up. But my yes. accent <laughs> is just so terrible. Like my accent sounds like I have like just come off Crocodile Dundee or something really like, but like trying to speak Tamil. It's funny because like growing up, like I used to get laughed at for it. Like as a joke, kind of like my like family in India teasing me, not in a malicious way. Yeah, but yeah, it just sinks into you, and you're just like, oh my god, I'm just not going to speak it. And I didn't speak it for like ten years, and that's what happened to my dad. Well, he had an Australian accent, and he just didn't speak it because I think he, I don't know if he got made fun of or he just didn't feel comfortable because he can understand it completely, and right. he can probably speak it, but he doesn't speak it because he does sound funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a really Australian accent. And I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you mentioned that people said that you don't look Indian Indian enough because of your skin. Um, are there is it, what other kind of stuff to have people said in the past? People have accused me of culturally appropriating Indian, like culture. Indian culture. Oh my god! It must be <laughs> the best feeling to hit back and be like, "Yeah, like I'm, I'm brown." <laughs> and then they just like no one admits. They're like, "No, no, no! I know that's not what I meant." I'm like, "Yeah." Oh my god! But no one does that anymore because I think because of my platform. Like I'm a bit bigger now. People understand that I'm a brown woman. Also, I have it in my bio. Like I'm an Australian Indian woman. Um, I'm an Indian woman, like living in Australia. Like that's what I have. Um, and people are a bit more educated now, so they don't make those comments. And other than, I have gotten comments about like the way that I dress sometimes, like um, because I'm not a mod, like completely modest, because I'm just expressing myself how I wish. And I have had people being like, "Oh, I've noticed that you're like dressing differently. You're not covering up." And like, I just want to know, like, are these? It was just like a real backhanded compliment. They're like, "I'm not trying to judge you, but like, it seems like you're I mean, thirst trapping." You are- like what? I mean you're literally judging me for what I'm wearing and I was like people don't think twice about the Kim Kardashians of the world when they come out yeah. like wearing whatever the hell they want but for some reason there's this like intense lens on like ethnic women on brown yeah. women it's like oh but you shouldn't be doing that but I'm like I never told you that I don't have that I don't do that there's just such a thing associated with promiscuity in like brown culture and how slightly veering off modest fashion makes you a disgrace to the culture it's not, I mean, one thing I have to keep like thinking about, it's not, you're not being sexual. It's just the gaze is sexual. It's just a body in the end of the day. Like the gaze will always be sexual. And if I'm just embracing, if I feel confident enough to just like rock what I want to wear, whether it has cleavage or not, like I'm going to do that because I want to do that. I'm not going to stop myself because someone is telling me that it's wrong or not right. I will obviously not do that at family gatherings like I'll you know what I mean like (laughs) put my crop tops away for the family (laughs) gatherings but like if it's in the right circumstance and the right situation I'm going to express myself the way that I want to and that's through makeup through jewelry through my clothes through whatever the hell I want I'm like very set on like this is the space that I built for myself this makes me happy everyone else see ya (laughs) bye how does it feel being 
a role model. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Yes, I d- all the time, mm. like all the time. Sometimes I have the opposite of imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> God complex. <laughs> yeah, so I I actually seesaw between imposter syndrome and God complex 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am here, sometimes I'm here and sometimes I'm here. Um, I am like working on my own like line of like beauty products and stuff. Like I want to do like stick on beauty. So I'm venturing into like, businesswoman territory and I feel out of depth and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing but then I was like I don't think anyone knows what they're doing no it's okay everyone's (laughs) making it (laughs) everyone's making it and I know that to other people I look like I know what I'm doing every day is a guessing game um so yeah 100% I get imposter syndrome but everyone kind of does at some point in their lives like I feel like it's very common um but yeah no sometimes I'm I'm on the other end of the spectrum and I've got massive god complex yeah as you should (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) what do you think like your what what achievement of yours kind of stands out to you the most and are you the most proud of I am just proud it's not even a one achievement. I'm just proud that I I can translate the ideas in my head and people are receiving them well. Like it is not one achievement. It's every day I'm creating, putting together a concept that I believe in and, and putting it out there. Sharing art is a really brave, bold thing to do because you're you feel vulnerable at times. But like I'm just proud that I'm able to like take what I have sitting up here present it in an incredible way I really love that about myself it's not even like I, I'm so happy that I reached 300k like I don't care about that it's more just like what I'm putting out there is being well received and that's like more than I could ever ask for it's really really cool people see you in a different light as well like you know when I started gaining a followership and like people didn't believe in you until all of a sudden you're big and people are like, oh shit, mm-hmm. take us seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really, really interesting to see. Yeah. You got people from high school who never wanted to talk oh to you. Being like, <laughs> <laughs> being like hey, girl, I know I bullied you. Hey, but... girl, oh my God, hey, bestie. <laughs> Remember that funny scene where I was like calling out for your culture? Anyway, like, <laughs> so like it suddenly you have like suddenly you have all this power and I think that's interesting as well. Mm, yeah, that must that must be so interesting. It's like when people's true colours kind of come show and you're like, sorry. Yeah, but- I'm like, I don't fuck with that. <laughs> like, I'm cool. Don't worry about it. Where do you think your kind of career, where do you want your career to take you next? Like, what's next for you? I want to take what I do and make it accessible to um, my community. So like I've obviously spent years and years developing my creative makeup skills. If I can kind of package that up and make it accessible so other people can wear bold, creative looks in the way that I do and feel confident, that would be really cool. I want to do like workshops, like makeup workshops that aren't just a masterclass, but are like really involved. Yeah. Like you get a, you get a whole like goodie bag, you sip some wine, you sit in front of a mirror. We're like, get ready together. But we talk about like what it means to be like a brown woman like really beautiful like sessions where I can like speak directly to my community um obviously like I'm working on a, like my like stick on beauty products as well which might end up being a palette I would love to have like 
a creative, like to have my own creative agency where like I have like a studio and people can use the studio and I have like connecting photographers with artists, with models. And it's all very POC focused as well. Like it's like, I want to be the person who helps other people in the industry who don't have the experience yet gain that experience like I want to be the connecting so off like I have so many friends that would be so engaged in a space like that and be able to kind of go further in terms of their projects because they have the support of someone like you or like the people that you can them with exactly and I think it's just like whatever I want to do like whatever I want to do I'm going to do it and if I decide that I don't want to do any of it, I'm not like, I'm, I'm happy taking that like leap. If I'm like, oh, this isn't for me, like, let's pull out. I'm happy to do that. If I suddenly decide that I don't want to post any makeup anymore, that's, that's okay. Maybe I just do home decor. <laughs> maybe I, I, I back maybe it. Maybe become like I a back it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just on my own path and figuring it out and not really, because the way that I started what I do right now I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I had a talent that I need to capture. And that's how I approach everything now. I'm like, I've got, I know where my talents lie and we can move in that direction, but I'm not going to set up this whole like 10 year plan of exactly what needs to happen because things change so fast. I'm just going to be an evolving creator. I've also had people like family members, like uncles being like oh but what happens when you're not beautiful anymore you gotta do your makeup it's so disgusting and I'm like then I'll do someone else's makeup I'll be a makeup artist babes I'll be like a celebrity makeup artist like I've got backup (laughs) plan I know I know because they don't get it like people like I've had to explain what I do it's more than just your face there's talent behind the face and the fact that you're being received as it's like well people like I still have like aunties and uncles who call me like a model I'm like I'm not a model I'm like a creative director I'm a conceptualizer I'm a photographer I'm an editor I'm like I'm like my own marketing manager I am like like I do all my emails I like organize I schedule like everything to myself um and I think like I'm good at it so I'm gonna keep doing that but in in different spaces like I could be a creative director for a brand if I decide that I don't want to do it myself anymore like it's just the possibilities are endless and I keep every single door open yeah no I love that (laughs) and I guess final point is give us some juicy goss on your wedding (laughs) oh my god okay it's actually all paused right now like it's all paused because of COVID and um yeah it's probably going to be next year We've just gotten an hour into a podcast without mentioning lockdown or COVID once. I think that's a record. I love, I'm so happy for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's really refreshing. It though, is. I, like I, every Zoom call starts with, oh, how are you doing? Or how are you doing in lockdown? It's like, yeah, we're all in the same position. Move on. And I think it's also because we're at the end of the tunnel now. Like we can see the light. Things are starting to get a little bit clearer for us. Um. But yeah, the wedding, like I think we are planning to have our wedding this time next year. So Ooh, September. Oh my god. Um, spring. And we yeah, it'll it'll be in Sydney. Like we don't want to do a destination thing's too hard. Yeah, during COVID as well. We don't know where the world's gonna be. No, you don't know, like anything could happen. Um, and I think I just want it to be the best thing mm-hmm. ever. It's gonna be so fun. Like It'll, yeah, I've got a wedding planner. I think it's going to break the internet. Like, everyone can (laughs) fuck off because my wedding is going to rule them all. (laughs) 
I love it. It's going to be the best inspo for everyone else's wedding. I'm going to be like taking notes. I'm going to take notes. I know I'm, it, oh my God. I like, I'm so annoyed that like, I would love to go to India and be able to like pick out my outfits, but I can't even do that. So I've got to like, you might be able to stuff might open. I think stuff might open. Yeah, I might be able to. Yeah, I'm like, even if I could go to the UK, like, I feel like the UK have better bridal shops yeah. than here. Yeah, we have, yeah. But <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, it's going to be so fun. And it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I've got my Pinterest board. I, like, don't know. I don't think I'll do my own makeup, but I think I will conceptualize my look. Like, I'll create the look, but I'll get someone else to do it who's, like, professional only because I will be too stressed to do my own makeup and I want to like be champagne in hand like relaxing but I will definitely I think I'll do something really unconventional for my makeup for wedding makeup but like not too crazy oh I'm excited I think it's gonna be like something that everyone's gonna be keeping their eyes on not no pressure but like better be the best (laughs) (laughs) it will be the best like I you know me like I'll make sure that it is chef's kiss yeah well congratulations on everything on your engagement but also just your life just your you (laughs) (laughs) thank you um and thanks for being such a wonderful role model for so many of us (laughs) thank you it's the best Tuesday morning yeah I know I feel so refreshed (laughs) energized (laughs) <laughs> well thanks Rowie. um obviously everyone can follow you they probably already do at Rowie Singh uh, on Instagram on TikTok or, and at Rowie's Room oh yeah at Rowie's Room you can follow the archives which is like my pop focus like creative hub where I repost like other um people of color doing cool things in the industry and um you can follow us at Uncultured Pod on Instagram and thank you thanks Ripple.